Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, uh, I have the pleasure of Shona Elliott. Welcome, Shona. Thanks, Julian, for having me. Yeah, it's really good to have you on the show. I'm just going to tell our audience a little bit about you. Um, you're an experienced senior leader uh, who's uh, passionate about helping other senior leaders connect and engage with their greatest assets, uh, their employees. And that's what we're talking about today for the purpose of increasing employee retention, engagement, and achieving the organization's strategic goals. Uh, you have your own business, uh, Shona Elliott Leadership Services. And more importantly, you've got over 15 years worth of experience as a senior leader uh, within the sort of healthcare industry and also not-for-profits organizations. Uh, you are also an author, uh, author of the book, Creating Value as a Senior Leader, Effective Strategies to Retain Employees, increase engagement and achieve your organizational goals. So a wealth of experience and uh, I'm so pleased that you've uh, decided to come on the show and I appreciate uh, your time here today. Um, and I, I think later on we're, go we're gonna talk about how we can help leaders, I suppose, emerge from a crisis to really build uh, trust uh, with our sort of uh, employees and sort of create that sense of motivation and get people excited about uh, what the future would hold within an organization. But before we go there, I just wanna ask you, what do you love about what you do? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, what I love has been the kind of the common theme throughout my operational career and through my experience and now kind of in this new role uh, as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur supporting other leaders and organizations. And it is really, providing insight as to how leaders really do impact the experience uh, for their frontline employees. And when you show up in service to uh, employees and you're able to work with leaders and help them understand that uh, they can do the same and then they start to learn how to do that, the shift that you're able to see in organizations and in employees and leaders themselves, like to me, that is what I get joy from. Uh, and making that difference. And we're all kind of here, to, you know, for a very short time. And so making the most of our interactions personally and professionally is so important. Mm. And so being able to contribute to that positive experience uh, professionally in organizations and support leaders in doing that to me is what I love so much. And I didn't realize as I shifted into this entrepreneurial journey in the past year, uh, how much I really do love it, like to the point where I have a five-year-old and I really have to kind of keep myself in check in terms of being mom, being wife. And I love this so much. I could probably do this 16, 18 hours a day. It gives me that much joy. Wow. That's great. That's a great testament of somebody <laughs> going into the world of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. The entrepreneurial stuff, maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure if I love that part so much in terms of those logistics. However, yeah. when you're supporting clients and leaders and organizations and helping them navigate that path forward and mm. help them see that it is possible and being able to work with them directly on that, that is to me like I will suffer through whatever the entrepreneurial pains are, especially in your first couple of years 
just because I love doing it so much. Brilliant. I'm, I'm curious, how did you, well, get into that? And also, did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, the reluctant entrepreneur accidental. I wasn't necessarily done by design. Um, I was uh, a CEO uh, of a technology and supply chain organization for hospitals uh, in Canada, and I was pregnant. And um you know, you get a year mat leave in Canada and the board cut a deal with me to kind of do a day a week remotely. So as I was doing that, of course, you know, it's not a day a week, it's, you know, 20, 30 hours. And I realized probably about seven months in that, you know, this was not going to work for me to balance everything. So I had the blessing to step down and be at home for a few years with my daughter. And then when she started preschool, uh, I had the opportunity to write a book and I thought, well, I have an extra time on my hands. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll be in school. This should be easy to do. And, uh, after a lot of deliberation about a different topic, not anything to do with leadership, I decided, oh my goodness, I need to write about leadership. It was just effortless. It was what I was passionate about. And that book, uh, was released on Amazon uh, in March. It'll be in bookstores this April. And of course, COVID happened. And so I hadn't even turned my mind yet to what the business side uh, would look like. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't need to. Uh, given my years of pandemic experience, uh, especially in the healthcare sector, I got pulled in pretty quickly to providing support. And it's just continued to evolve over the past uh, eight months organically. So I haven't um, really even stepped back to say, hey, like, what does this all look like from a strategy perspective? This is what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, All that will come probably later this year. So it's just been kind of effortless from that perspective and probably not following any good practices with respect to starting (laughs) a business or being an entrepreneur. So I'm kind of blessed from that perspective that it's been organic and it's me providing help where needed. Uh, And I haven't had to kind of go through that pain of trying to figure out a marketing strategy uh, and trying to figure out, you know, what my ideal target uh, market is and all of that. So that time will come. And right now it's just about providing help where needed. That's brilliant. And it's interesting, obviously you, you launched um, your business at the start of the, uh, the global <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> incredible. And obviously you work within the healthcare context, which is where, where a lot of your help, but it's interesting where you said you didn't have a, marketing plan as such or your target or all, all those things that we people talk about but one thing i did get from you you kept mentioning the word helping people helping leaders helping this and it's it honestly driven down to your purpose uh, and we know that if we keep focused on our purpose if we keep that in mind to be honest yes we need to put all the things in place we know that but to be honest actually therefore you just end up gravitating to people who are your audience anyway grabbing to the way how to get to them and therefore that's important and i think that's probably what's been your guiding light i think is that sort of sense of purpose and helping and not after money not after building a business you're just there to help and by virtue of that you get paid by virtue of that you get your business growth so that's fantastic and that's uh, a thing a lesson for we we can all learn a bit more about rather than just trying to get everything right um hence be be a passionate entrepreneur and just go for it so talking about helping leaders you know we we are in this place uh in various places around the world right now and sort of getting used to uncertainty (laughs) i don't think people ever will ever get used to uncertainty and 
I guess, speaking to leaders and how, how do we sort of help them sort of emerge from this sort of very difficult time and start to build that, you know, whether it's trust with their teams, uh, motivation to keep going and to get back to that, you know, focusing on the mission and purpose and to keep them driving forward to go after the opportunity because there is opportunities. There really is. And but how do we do that? How do we get those leaders to to create that sense of space that would get those teams excited again? Yeah, you know, this is a, a question I was answering a lot of back in June of last year, um, thinking we were emerging from the crisis, let's say, of COVID when it initially kind of showed up for us. And, you know, given where we're at today, you know, we're still kind of in it. So the answer, although is similar to June, it's different in the aspect that, you know, we're talking about resilience and it really is uncertain. In June, we kind of felt maybe we would be out of this within a month or two. And here we are in January and we're not really sure anymore if we're going to be out, you know, in the next three or four months this year, we, we really don't know. And so I think the understanding that we don't know and it is uncertain and that we can't plan for it and like wrestling with that understanding and reality is really essential so the mindset that yeah it's going to be another few months and we're going to be through it we have to kind of step aside from that i i i believe that at this Mm -hmm. point we truly don't know we kind of thought we knew in june and obviously that was wrong and so the longer we hold on to kind of the hope that you know next month or in the next two months things will be back to whatever normal was back in 2019 i think that's doing us a disservice so i feel Mm. acknowledging it as ourselves as leaders coming to grips with that if you've not done so already and the most importantly having that discussion with your team is i think is essential building out the space to have a conversation that maybe isn't necessarily aligned about your business objectives today, but is giving everyone the space to just talk about the reality of where we're at today and what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And understanding it's not going to be um, normal. I'm not sure normal will ever exist again in the, you know, kind of in the definition of what it once mm-hmm. meant. And so let's talk about it and create the space to talk about it. And that sometimes is a shift for leaders because it doesn't follow the business agenda or our goals or priorities or objectives. And so building mm-hmm. space to allow that conversation and to allow people to say what's so for them in terms of their reality, where are they at in terms of that struggle, mm-hmm. uh, I think is really important. And then as you do that and you allow everyone the space to share their perspectives and how they're feeling about it, then you can start to plan from there. And so Mm -hmm. then you can take a look at what your current challenges are as an organization through that lens that Mm -hmm. it is what it is today. We don't know what tomorrow brings and what can we do together knowing that and knowing that we're all in different spaces of that acceptance. Mm. And, you know, it's not to be judged. Uh, It is just to be understood. Everyone's got their own views and feelings, their own issues uh, within their own families. So we just have to allow it to be and, and work from that space together. 
And then when you speak about trust, you know, I, I find where trust is trust coming, trust was a significant issue back in June as the pandemic, you know, had landed and there was trust issues in healthcare from the perspective of, you know, PPE for employees and communication mm -hmm. and in other non-healthcare organizations I work with, it was trust issues with respect to communication and transparency and, mm -hmm. and how decisions were made. Trust today, I feel, is different in terms of the aspect of what's popping up. It's trust as to, is our business viable? What do we know about that? And mm -hmm. are our leaders being transparent about that? And uh, are our leaders being transparent about what is driving the priorities? Is it our safety? Is it our, our balance in terms of work-life balance? Mm -hmm. Is it our working conditions at home? Uh, what is really driving decision-making? And what do our leaders really care about? So I feel that the trust issue has evolved um, significantly in the last six or seven months. So I know leaders said, oh, I checked in on trust and we're all good. Or I feel like we have great communication back in June. And yes, they did. And I'm sure they did a, a wonderful job. But the whole kind of context has now changed given where we're at today and the length of what we've been enduring and the uncertainty mm -hmm. of the future. So we have to kind of understand that and start to look at different questions. And the only way you can do that as a leader is by speaking with your leadership team if you're a senior leader and if you're a leader to your frontline employees and really having those open conversations as to what does that look like for you today, mm. given where we're at at the moment. Okay, that's really good actually. There's, there's a lot in that and I wanna just unpick a little bit of that. It's interesting how, I think I heard something the other day where they're encouraging leaders to almost say the words, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's in, that's as building trust as well and transparency, but also being really authentic because, you know, as much as we all trying to plan, I'm not saying we shouldn't plan, um, but we don't know exactly how we're going to emerge, whether it's March, April, May, who knows? You know, we thought back in March last year, but by the summer, it'd be all sorted um, and we're still here. And so I think it's OK to say that and and. And then to and you talked about your to getting teams together, and I think that's really important. Is that sort of galvanizing people and using people from different perspectives to really help build what the future may be in how we're navigating and how we're seeing it. Um, so just going towards more towards the whole sort of trust element of things, and you say trust has sort of moved on, mm -hmm. um, and you talked about this sort of viability of a company. Um, talks about things like PPE and in healthcare, these sort of, and, and transparency. How, as a leader, do we build that? Because obviously, trust can be built one on one with individuals. And they say so a lot of leaders might be saying, "Well, I've got that trust; they trust me." But it's a bit bigger than that, isn't it? In terms of mm -hmm. organizational and sort of culture, so how do we create that sense of real trust uh, that that what you're doing and saying is 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 true and mm -hmm. full of integrity? Yeah, it's a great question. And I have to reference um, an organization I got to meet last year, which is called Trust Across America, Trust Around the World. I think it's Barbara Brooks Kimmel that has uh, founded that organization. And she's done a lot of research uh, through the last eight months. And she's done tons of research prior to regarding the shift in trust. And the one piece I learned from her, I had the opportunity to interview her for a graduate course on leadership that I designed uh, for University of Canada, is that 
organizations mistake um, trust being in place. Like they say, we're rebuilding trust. Well, how do you know it was there to begin with? And, and what does trust mean? And we all have different definitions of trust and what it means to me is different than, than you, than a frontline employee. And when I listen to her and I read her research and my own experience of trust in organizations, where I think leaders need to go is kind of back to basics. It's um, kind of removing your own bias, your own opinion, your own beliefs as to where trust is at the moment and not assuming that it's in place or it's solid or you just have little areas or pockets to, to work on. But it's really kind of starting at kind of ground zero from the aspect of let's talk about trust. Let's define that for our current organization. What does that mean in terms of visible actions? And that takes work and that takes time. And mm -hmm. I know that's a stumbling block for leaders, having been in their shoes for many years. Mm -hmm. It's hard to kind of unwind um, the noise in our heads that we have all this other stuff to do mm -hmm. and unlearn that. Not that that work isn't important. However, the work to do at the moment is to really understand where your organization is at on some fundamentals like trust. And the only way you can do that is by taking the time to set up those conversations, ask the right questions, and most importantly, authentically listen. Mm -hmm. And I could give lots of examples in terms of, you know, where people think trust is there, but it could be trust in one aspect, but then you talk about a different subject and you see all sorts of issues where trust isn't living and mm -hmm. that has to be unpacked and understood. And I see a lot of organizations still struggling with the virtual remote environment with respect to are our employees working and are they doing what they should be doing yes. and making decisions through that lens. And obviously that's not trust, but then you can say, you can hear the same leader saying, oh yes, we have trust in our organization, but yet policies from an HR decision, or sorry, an HR perspective are made through the lens of ensuring we know we're monitoring our employees and they're doing mm. what they're doing eight yes. hours a day. So those don't align, obviously. And so it is understanding as you look at future HR policies that are coming up, uh, how are those made through the lens of trust and mm. how to engage employees in the conversation before decisions are made? And then how do you communicate that as well? to employees. And I find that's really critical as we shift back to um, return to work conversations, which was looking like more of a possibility here in the US uh, back in late summer. Obviously, that looks different now as we're into perhaps the second wave or you know third wave or whatever wave we're in. Mm. And that will come up again. And so really talking to employees about what they need to feel safe, what does that look like for them, instead of just mandating employees back to work as an example. Mm. And I believe the, you know, the vaccine in terms of how organizations handle that uh, as it becomes more available for uh, non essential workers will say is really important. Everyone has views on it, right or wrong. It is what's so for them. And instead of just laying an HR policy on it without understanding all of the dynamics and layers will erode trust in a minute. And I'm hearing a lot of interesting feedback right now with employees mm -hmm. I'm working with where that is the fear that HR is just going to do this and won't talk to us about it. And they're not trusting that the safety of the organization and the concerns of employees are being listened to. 
And all of that takes time and thoughtful consideration as to how to have those conversations, how to have them without judgment and without mm-hmm. pre-bias. You can hear what your employees are saying, what's important to them, and then design your mm-hmm. strategies, your policies, your goals with all of that taken into consideration. Okay. And you're saying that so policies potentially can obliterate trust if they're handled ineffectively, basically. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, so you've worked in HR um, in your sort of background. Um, how do we, because obviously, and you mentioned about the vaccines and whether that gets through workplaces eventually at some point, depending on the, the sort of the priority list, obviously, uh, and how, well, even how organizations are handling their own sort of COVID guidelines, um, you know, in, in line with the government's sort of medical guidelines uh, is another sort of trust thing, isn't it? And, you know, and, you know, watching people at home, are they working? And, you know, we've been forced to work at home uh, and that's almost forced the, the agenda of, of flexible working and actually it yeah. can work. Um, so going back to that policy aspect and HR, how do HR in this time, which I'm sure have been very busy in the last mm-hmm. 12 months or so, um, put things in place that will, I guess, build upon the trust that the leaders have, have, um, have developed and almost working hand in hand with those sort of leadership teams. What, what's your advice on that? Yeah, first, I do want to acknowledge probably the unsung role of the HR leader, HR coordinator, HR team throughout uh, the last eight or nine months. It has been a ride for them. And I don't get to hear much about the acknowledgement of their flexibility, agility, and incredible work effort to just manage the early days of COVID, let alone how it continues to endure and what it continues to deliver in terms of change. So just want to take a minute to kind of acknowledge that because it has been significantly challenging for everyone and especially for the HR teams and organizations. Mm. And for HR leaders, as they consider policies, so HR is always in a tough um, position. Uh, HR leaders have uh, someone they report to, eventually to the CEO. Now, if you're the senior HR leader in an organization and you're reporting the CEO or the owner of an organization, they want this and then they want it. And so you have to create a policy on it. And HR, to fulfill its role to really deliver on organizational culture and to support the values of an organization and to help foster and build trust has to take that goal, that policy, that mandate that that CEO or business owner wants and has to hear it and then step back and really understand what is the best path forward to Mm. deliver on that goal while also preserving the values of the organization and move the culture forward. And that is a real nuance uh, to try to teach HR leaders and teams. And I've had the blessing in my career to have always had an HR portfolio that carried uh, an operations role as well. So I had Mm. the opportunity to have that kind of conversation and that ability to try to build all those pieces together for the CEOs when I was in a VP role. And where I see HR leaders um, not helping is when they just do what the CEO wants or the owner wants, which seems kind of counterintuitive. Mm. And 
yes, you want to get that goal in place uh, for the CEO or business owner, and it's doing it in the best way possible that also achieves his goal of living the values of a positive organizational culture, which we all know will tie to you know business revenue and mm-hmm. organizational success, which is also the CEO's goal. So it is really building that strategic relationship with the CEO. You, you, that relationship also has to be one that's trusting. It's that nimbleness and it's that agility of the HR team to try to kind of connect the dots. And by doing that, then you can really help facilitate the right policies versus just here's the mandate and this is what it's going to be because this is what the business owner wants. It's never that simple. And the business owner or CEO doesn't necessarily know what they want is counterintuitive to the overall business goals or values of an organization. And so it's really equipping HR leaders with that insight and Mm. making it um, visible to them that this is part of their work as well. And to be more plugged into the experience of frontline employees. So in a pre-COVID world, you know, I'd really encourage HR leaders to walk in the shoes of the employees they serve yeah. uh, and understand their environment, understand what it is they're living in, and understand the impact of the decisions that are made through HR or organizationally on the actual uh, quality of the working conditions of employees. That can look uh, that can look different in COVID, but you can still find mm. your ways to connect and understand the oh, yeah. experience, and use that as guidance to help deliver in on organizational goals set by the CEO mm. and also business business owner, but also keeping in mind what the overall values are of the organization. Well, oh, that's really good, and I guess because because policies get put in place, certainly from a leadership point of view often to protect the company mm-hmm. as opposed to protecting people or giving guidance i'm not saying they're always like that and i guess it's onus on the hr sort of leaders to a push back but also ensure that they're putting the the people lens on anything to make sure that that is done in a way that's not just there to protect the company it's to protect individuals and create that sort of culture because uh, otherwise we end up going back to that issue of trust and <laughs> then it's not working here yeah um, so that's 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 interesting actually um coming to coming to the end of almost a half an hour so as time just goes whizzing by um i appreciate you coming on today shona and i guess is there any sort of last thoughts you want to leave our audience with uh, before you sort of tell people where you uh, we get hold of you? Sure. Yeah, I think the as we start 2021 and in all the uncertainty that uh, is in front of us for this year, you know, I just encourage leaders and HR leaders as well is to be patient with yourself and be patient with uh, the organization as everyone is facing this together. And it's to kind of keep your priorities focused in on your employees, their experience, the values of the organization. And you take the time to understand that through the lens of whatever policy or decision you're making and to build in the processes to understand in a deeper way how whatever those policies are, how it will impact employees and getting their feedback in advance of those policies being made. I think that single step in itself, although I appreciate it takes time, will serve leaders and organizations well over the next six months to a year. 
Brilliant. That's a really good good advice for the moment. Definitely is. And how can people get hold of you, Shona? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and I believe you'll take me uh, in this episode. And yeah. uh, my website has all my social handle uh, links, and that's www.shonaelliot.org. And you can find um, social media, uh, my book, and opportunities to connect with me as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.